welcome back, dear listener, to another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. Let me just move my microphone. Hang on, hang on, hang on. And there we go. You would think I would learn to do this before I started recording, but there you go. Here we are with me on the other side of my screen, all the way in regional Victoria is my co-host for this week, Patty Grinley. And Patty, how the heck are you? I'm good, mate. Uh, good to hear from you again over in Dubai. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, middle of winter at the moment. Pretty wintry. Uh, <laughs> we're back in a extensive lockdown. Well, not too extensive up here. It states the restrictions, which mean that I have plenty, plenty of time when I'm not working or, or studying to be watching the footy, which is good fun. I guess that's one kind of positive of the uh, of the exactly, restriction yeah. is that there's more reasons to, or more opportunity, I should say, to watch the footy while at home. Um, yeah, middle of summer here in Dubai. So three or four days ago, the feels like temperature was, I think, 50 degrees. And then the next day it was like 49 degrees. It's a bit yeah. full on. Yep. Very, very hot. Um, the converse, the opposite side of that, though, is, of course, whenever it's winter here in Dubai and it gets to, like, 15 degrees or 20 degrees, people always say, oh, it's so cold, which, of course, is nothing compared to what you guys are dealing with at the moment. But we're not here to discuss weather. We're here to discuss footy. And it's midway through the festival of footy. Uh, 33 games in 20 days. We finished round 10 yesterday. We'll get to that game. I promise you we will. The Giants breaking our hearts, breaking Essendon's hearts with a great come-from-behind victory. And it kicks off round 11, kicks off tonight with two fantastic matchups, which we will get to the Power and the Tigers and the Lions versus the Dogs. This episode will be split into two halves, ladies and gentlemen and dear listeners. The first half will go through each team and we'll talk about their games that they've played thus far in the Festival of Football and we'll, you know, talk about what's gone well for them, what hasn't gone well for them. And then in the second half, we'll preview the rest of the Festival of Football to come for them and give our predictions and previews and whatnot. And we start off with the worst team in any sport in any level, in any competition across Australia, possibly across the Southern Hemisphere. They suck at the moment, the Adelaide Crows. And I remember two weeks ago, I said that the these two games would be a perfect opportunity for them to grab some wins. They were playing the at the time the second worst team in the competition and they were playing a team that might as well be the worst team in the competition the week after that in North Melbourne and Melbourne respectively and they failed abysmally a 69 point loss to North Melbourne and a 51 point loss to Melbourne yikes yikes with a capital yikes that was bad so, yeah, I don't know what else you can say about the Crows. The last team to go through a season winless was the 1964 Fitzroy Lions. 
and um, yeah, didn't really end up too well for them. Poor old Fitzroy, but yeah, they uh, yeah. I'm not saying that they'll merge with anyone and move to Tasmania or anything like that, but I'm just saying they suck at the moment, and there's you know the end of the tunnel will come, but I just can't see it at the moment. Yeah, well said. The, yeah, look, it was always going to be a hard year for Adelaide. I think we've we sort of underestimated just how bad it could get. It would have, it has got, and it's it's pretty dark at the moment. They've got a bunch. They've still got to play the best teams in the comp. Like I think their their chances are going to be against Hawthorne and Carlton later in the year, and that's going to be about it because they've still got to play what Richmond, Collingwood, GWS. It's not going to be easy. Bulldog, yeah, they got the Bulldogs in two weeks. Uh, two weeks, not quite, sorry. Um, it'd be more than a week and a half, the way this fixture is. It always catches me. They've got Collingwood on Tuesday at Adelaide Oval, and they've got Geelong in a few Sundays, August 23rd. So, yeah, look, you really start thinking about when are they actually going to get that win because it doesn't look likely at this stage. They're doing the right thing by playing some some more young players. They got Schoenberg and um, is, it, is it Lockie Scholl um, in for the Melbourne game? They're still playing Nick Henry, persisting with Chase Jones uh, through the midfield. Um, Will Hamill knocked out. Andrew McPherson was managed for this game. You know they they, they still have the the, the um the play the young players. So they're doing the right thing by just giving the kids a run. But it's pretty dire. It's not it's not entertaining to watch you sort of feel very sad watching this once great team get absolutely spifflicated every time they go out into the park yep yep well said and it's shocking how far the mighty have fallen and how quickly because let's not forget right the tigers won the 2017 flag but adelaide were the best team that season I think even you can mm-hmm. admit. And it was a oh, pretty yeah. even year, 2017. Incredible end to the year. Um, Adelaide, I think, only had 15 or 16 wins, but it was their wins that were so impressive. They crushed everyone in their path. They destroyed the Tigers yep. at the Adelaide Oval early in the season by like 76 points. So yeah. heading into that yep. grand final, I thought, okay, yeah, you know, change of ground, but, you know, they're going to be competitive at least. And then from just before the halftime siren, Dustin Martin kicks a goal and the Tigers were away and Adelaide have been a rubble ever since. Power stance, more, more like power failure for the Crows, that is for sure, especially since their cross-town rival, the Power, are currently on top of the ladder. Um, yeah, not so much in a power stance if you can't back it up as a club, but moving on, we've bagged on the poor Crows enough. I mean, no, we haven't. We can continue to go on, but there are more teams to get to. The Brisbane Lions. Uh, Bad loss against Richmond, um, where they kicked 417. 417? Yikes. If only they kicked that poorly against us. Oh, yeah. I guess I should touch upon the Essendon game, too. They were awesome in that match. They were incredible. Oh, yeah. It was just simply breathtaking to watch them play in that particular game. 
And I don't think they were that outplayed by the Tigers. It's just that Richmond took their chances and Brisbane didn't. 4-17. 4-17. They couldn't hit a bundle with a banana, as Johnny English says. Um, not sponsored by Johnny English. So, God, I would love to be sponsored by Johnny English. Great movies. If you haven't seen the Johnny English trilogy, Patty, I recommend you watch the Johnny English trilogy. <laughs> I have Anything? seen the Johnny English movies. Oh, it's um, so good. Ago. It's so good. Good films. Fun films. Um, Rowan Atkinson is always good fun to watch. Um, oh. Yeah, look, Brisbane... And the Lions, look, the Essendon game was very good, but I think they'll be quite concerned with how the, the Richmond game ended up because being a Richmond supporter watching that game, yes, they kicked poorly, but so much of their shots were from wide, slow entries. They're kicking, they're trying to ping them out of pockets, kicking them from, you know, on, from 50. I think Richmond controlled the ground very well. Um, we know the Tigers aren't a massive possession-focused team and they don't have to rely on getting, you know, having multiple guys getting 30 disposals or anyone really getting 30 disposals. But I think they were led by Liam Baker. Um, they just controlled the ground really well and Brisbane weren't able to break through that. And 4-17, like, they should have kicked at least two or three more. There were some absolute dollies, like Sam Skinner missing from the goal square. They had like shots that they usually score on out of packs where you have snaps going through, but a lot of those shots were low quality. Yeah. Um, and I think they're quite concerned if they came up against Richmond in a final because it's now, what, three games in a row where they've been in the game but just kicked poorly and they haven't beaten Richmond since 2009 now. Like, uh, That's what, it's unbelievable. 13 in yeah. a row for Richmond? 12 in a yeah. row? Something like that. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that um that Dustin Martin has you know played over two hundred games of footy, won a few flags, a few Norm Smiths and a Brownlow, and he's never lost to Brisbane in his career. So it's yeah, it, it that, that's going to sting for the Lions. The good thing is is that ladder wise, they're still in the top four. Yep. They've actually got two points on Richmond. They're not going. They've got what, still seven games of footy. Yep. to get themselves in a position where maybe you don't have to play Richmond because you finish top two. Or if you do play Richmond, well, you get to play them at the Gabba and you can really and you get the double chance. So that's didn't do a them. little concern. Didn't do that much good in 2019, playing the Tigers it at didn't. the Gabba with the double No, chance. it didn't. It didn't. But and the thing is, is that you've just got to try and, especially with the way the fixture is now as a footy club, they've got to try and put that one away. Mm. Um, worry about that if you have to play Richmond again. Um, but at this point, just keep trying to win games. Use the, the great advantage you've got being a Queensland team and just, you know, get as, get as many wins on the board as, as possible. And then if you look up one in the first week of the finals and you're playing Richmond, so be it. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, that, that's about it, I think. Fair enough. Halton? Jeez, uh, what happened to the Blues? They've been yeah. no in in years gone by, right, Carlson fans. You guys were so terrible; it was hard to escape you as a talking point, which I think is what a lot of football fans were sick and tired of. Was the constant talk about Carlton, 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 Carlton? You know, when were the green shoots gonna start to 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 show? Um, 
constantly Brendan Bolton, obviously talking about the young players coming through. But now that they're good, they all of a sudden with an opportunity to make September football, they had a bye in week 10, round 10, I should say. Round nine was their worst performance of the season, though. I think that's fair to say. They yeah. had the Hawks on the rope. They had the Hawks on the rope. If the put the Hawks, put some Hawk on your fork was the uh, with the Adelaide Crows banner in their first ever game in 1991, then Carlton had managed to hunt down a hawk, hunt, hunt down the Hawks, managed to skewer them, put them over the fireplace, and they were starting to rotate them, right? They were that ready, they were that close to having some hawk on their forks. And somehow, the Hawks rose like a phoenix in that incredible second quarter comeback, but they were only allowed to do that because of how terrible Carlton were. So it was a bad loss, but considering that it's taken until round nine for them to have a bad loss, I'm going to give them a, a pass for that. You know, each every team has had a bad loss so far this year. So it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not abysmal. It's not great, though, because you look at them now. They've got to play West Coast this week at Optus. Um, West Coast are flying again, if you'll pardon mm. the pun. And if they'd have won that Hawthorne game, which they really should have, mm. they'd be, what? Like I'd say, by looking at the ladder, they'd be in ninth right mm. now. To a game behind the Giants, a game behind the Cats. Uh, so, look, the unfortunate thing with the Carlton is that you know it is a game which you know young teams drop. You, you know they they run out of legs a little bit. They were they weren't awesome against North Melbourne, which I'll, I'll touch on. They they won that game by a goal. Mm. But they weren't fantastic. They didn't look hugely convincing. No, um, they they didn't. got over the line, which is good. Yeah, but they got over the line. And that's what sometimes you just need to win ugly, which is what Carlton did. And then to come out against a team like Hawthorne, who have been really awful um, through points of this year, to lead by five goals and then just collapse is a bit worrisome. Um, but it gives them an opportunity as a young team to figure out a few players who probably didn't stand up as much, figure out a, a few players who you need to blood now to try and figure out their side balance. And, they, and they, their focus isn't necessarily going to be making finals this year. It's going to be performing well on a weekly basis, being consistent, establishing your group. Yep, um, I agree. Yeah, so that look, yeah. Look, right. It should be mentioned that last year, right, Brenda Bolton was still talking about close losses and how good it was that they were having close, tight losses, right? Honorable losses, right? Especially at the start of the year when they couldn't buy themselves a win, right? Now we're talking about them having honorable, close victories. And that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Yeah, they get, they're getting there. They're getting they there. are getting there. Hopefully we can win number 17 before they do. Goodness, that would be depressing if we don't. But anyways, there's a team in between them that we need to talk about. And when we get to Essendon, I'll explain why I'm talking so quietly and I'm not my normal jumpy, positive self. <laughs> but Collingwood first. Um, if there's one finals contender I'm not convinced by, 
it's the Giants, but it's also Collingwood. They only just got past a very young, very inexperienced Sydney Swans team, right? And any Collingwood fans wanted to blame the Tom Papley free kick right at the end. Mm. Yeah, it was a terrible free kick. But let's not forget the fact that he missed. He kicked a point from that. So that didn't have any meaningful impact on the game. Okay? I'm just looking up the free kick count right now. Just to back up what I'm about to say. But... I'm fairly certain Collingwood had more free kicks. Um, and I'm right. Collingwood had 23 free kicks to Sydney's 11. 23 to 11. And you're going to complain about just one decision? Hmm. Interesting. But no, Collingwood was simply better. Uh, but they had to win by more than that. Opportunity missed for a little bit of a percentage boost. And they only won because Sydney took the foot off the pedal, uh, reversed the pedal from the metal, um, took the, uh, I don't know how, you you know, all the terrible puns. They just stopped the swans. And Collingwood, uh, Collingwood eventually won. Just, um, yeah, opportunity missed for a comfortable victory there. And then before that, um, Patty, do you remember what was before that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Collingwood lost a game that they should have won. That's right. This was the game I was looking forward to discussing. How do you lose to Fremantle? <laughs> I mean, I know well, we are, yeah. but how do you lose to Fremantle? Yeah, Frio were quite good that day. Um, they I'll were. Frio some credit. They but... kicked 10-1. Which is pretty good, yeah. considering the fact that they were scoreless in the first quarter. But consider this: in the final three quarters of that game, Fremantle kicked ten goals, Collingwood kicked six. Yikes! Is all I can say to that. And just looking at the inside fifties, Collingwood won the inside fifties, but Fremantle won the clearances. It's amazing to me that teams are dominating Collingwood from center clearances when you own from clearances when you have Brody Grundy as a ruckman. How is that possible? It shouldn't be happening. There's something yeah. wrong with yeah. that picture. Um, yeah, there's, I'm not convinced by Collingwood at all. I think they're in a little bit of a funk. They have an opportunity to get out of it. They have the Crows and the Demons coming up next couple of weeks, but... Jeez, I would I would not be happy. Um, and we should also mention uh, Isaac Quainor. We hope, mm. we hope that he gets back and that he's okay. Um, and sooner rather than later, he'll be all right. But jeez, Louise, that was nasty. That was really, oh, yeah. really, really, really horrible to watch. Um, yeah. Really downright. Yeah, I thought it was a come. broken leg. Actually, I thought it was a broken leg the way that they were holding his leg. And it turns out they were just holding his leg together. Um, there is a photo available on Fox Sports, dear listener, if your morbid curiosity gets the best of you. But I warn you, if you look at the image before having any meal, you will lose your appetite. Yeah, it's not pretty. Um, not pretty at all. 
It's almost like his leg was unzipped, really, which isn't surprising oh, if it yeah. was a metal stud incident. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Thanks um, for that description. The Pies, yeah. Yeah, the, the Collingwood are just, I think they're just short one or two players with the Pendlebury injury that's really hurt them. He was having a good year. Now Trelaw's done a little hammy. Hoskin Elliott's saw. We've spoke about Quainall. The club's come, to, come under fire with the um, the Buckley and Sanderson COVID breach, Eddie Maguire's conduct. So it's just not been a good month, really. Um, it's not been a good be season. Complete. Oh, they were, they were okay at the start. They were they good were for sort of, three games. Yeah, they saw, I think they were sort of getting their thing together. And then they hit that West Coast game, and ever since they've really, like, they are a better team, which, which, uh, in, Sorry. Wow. They're a better team than their ladder position indicates. They're, Paddy, you know, Paddy, they're, Paddy, they're top, don't forget. Top, I reckon they're a top four side. Paddy, don't forget. Not at the moment. Don't forget. Before the West Coast game, they had Jeremy Howe's injury, still side bottom, being an idiot mm-hmm. and being a drunk idiot. The whole Heretia Lumumba situation with the allegations of racism from him levied against uh, people at the club and uh, uh, um, uh, ignoring racism claims when he was actually at the club, right? Do you, you remember he had the whole situation oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. with the nickname that Lumumba was supposedly given yep. according to what he said and Buckley's come out and said that he can't remember and so it's all it's, it's um, or he didn't notice it it's, it's just been a terrible, terrible, terrible season for them it's been really, really bad. Oh, and don't forget as well, how can I forget the Jordan Degoe situation? Yeah. At the end yeah, of the they've season. Yeah, had, they've, had, they've had some terrible things. They have had some and terrible it's... things, and a lot of it, a lot of it is brought on themselves, right? You have mm-hmm. the racism claims. That's, that's their problem. That's their own doing. That's the... Um, uh, the allegation made against Jordan Degoe. That's his own doing. And by extension, Collingwood's own doing. And then there's the COVID breaches and Eddie McGuire's hypocrisy. That's their own doing. And still side bottom. That's their own doing. The only thing that's not is their injuries. And they've been unlucky. But guess what? So have other clubs. Yeah, you, you you bang on. But um, what I'd say about Collingwood is that the players that they they do have, and obviously we've, we've got in, we've got injuries as well. But from a football perspective, they have got the list that can take them to another finals appearance. It's just a question about whether they can, I don't know, find some ground themselves a little bit because they just seem like they're floating. They haven't quite got the like a the system. Like potentially like a West Coast or Richmond have that's they can sort of fall back on at the moment because the, the, there's a lot of issues that the club need to work through. But I'm confident that they'll make the eight. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent confident that they'll get to the top top four or top six even. But look, I think I think they'll drop Adelaide. Uh, I, I keep saying like next week, but you know it's the game's on Tuesday, and it's Saturday now, so. Um, they'll drop Adelaide during the week and then they've got Melbourne, then they've got North Melbourne. So it's a perfect opportunity to tune themselves up. And if you, if we saw earlier this year, um, Richmond were in a really bad hole with injuries and the club 
as well. Then they, what, they played Melbourne, then they played Sydney, and they played North Melbourne. And all of a sudden, they look like they're the best team in the land once more. So I would, I would write Collingwood off at my own peril. I'm not going to do it. Um, but there are, there are a few concerns. They probably need to either address now and get over it or try and push them completely away because they'll either affect your club and they'll affect your ability to perform or they'll come back and bite you when you least need it. So, yeah, I think, I think I'm confident I'll back Collingwood in, but there are worrying signs. Mm, I agree. A peculiar type of sorrow has enveloped me since about 15 or 16 hours ago when the end of the GWS Essendon game happened. A peculiar sadness has enveloped me. The world seems a little bit less colourful. The flowers aren't as pretty. The birds aren't singing as lovely as they have been before. And obviously I'm, I'm exaggerating because it is just a game of footy. And okay, 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 okay. I'm trying to think of how to tackle this without sounding biased. First and foremost, right, I acknowledge the fact that we lost that game, right? Up by 29 points, we had the Giants right where we wanted them and we opened the door for them. And they were always going to come back. They were always going to fight back. And I don't know why, but we went from attack, attack, attack in that second quarter. And we looked so good. We looked so good. We looked like the dogs of the final series in 2016. We looked like the tigers of 2017. We looked like the eagles of 2018. We looked like the great hawks of the mid-2010s. We looked gosh darn great. And then for the second half, we played slow pedestrian football. Six goals in the second quarter. Six. We kicked a third of that for the rest of the game. So that's why we lost. Okay. I just want to put that out there. That is why Essendon lost. Was because of that second half and how we played. And how well the Giants played. And full kudos. Phil Davis. Full kudos to the Giants. Phil Davis came out of three-quarter time and said, we need to kick four goals to none to win. Life imitates art, right? Great job. Giants deserve that victory. But, but, hang on. Just one, rewind, just hold a second, right? Okay, so, the Callan Ward free kick. There are so many other instances during that game that I could have pulled out of umpires paying a dubious free kick against us or missing a free kick that they should have paid in our favor, but didn't. So many. And obviously it's difficult to know had the free kick not been paid, what would have happened? Would like, would Essendon have won? Would we have lost? Who knows? All I know is that Callan Ward got a free, got a goal from a dubious free kick in a game that they won by less than a goal. That's all I know. And all I know is that Callan Ward acted like someone shot him in the Achilles 
he acted like he was a ballerina performing Swan Lake and wanted to do a, 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 um, a, a, God, I've forgotten that word already. I had it written down. Pirouette. Thank you. Wanted to do a pirouette, right? Honestly, I would give him a 10 out of 10. I don't even know if ballets you rank people out of 10, but I would have given him a 10 out of 10. It was beautiful. Form was excellent. It was stunning. It was elegant. It was great. I wish I could see him live on stage. I would throw flowers at him. He was incredible. And maybe it's just me, but I could have sworn, I could have sworn that it got him on the shoulder and not the head. I could have sworn that. I watched it on replay again in normal, um, uh, normal speed. And I'm convinced yeah, okay. that the only reason why, the only reason why the umpire paid that free kick is because Callum Ward decided to pay homage to Cristiano Ronaldo and take a dive. Right. And someone on Facebook pointed this out, and I don't know who it was. It was a fan on the AFL's Facebook page. And this fan pointed out the fact that Wayne Carey said when Jacob Townsend got KO'd by his shaw, got knocked right out of the game, that his shaw was allowed to do that because he was going for the ball, which is fine. I agree with that. It was accidental, right? But surely McKernan was doing the same thing. What's the difference? They were both going for the ball and both of them got their opponent in the head. So play on. If the his sure one is a play on, then surely the McKernan one is a play on as well. I see no difference. And there are so many other examples. So many examples of Essendon players being held without the footy and not being paid the free kick. In the last quarter, the Giants won nine free kicks. Essendon had two. And I remember on Facebook, somebody saying like, oh, you know, typical Essendon supporters complaining about the umpire. Well, can you blame us? Can you blame us after constantly, constantly getting done yeah, over by these dumb, dumb, dumb umpiring mistakes, right? Attack day last year, which I am still salty about, right? Then we had... Other games last year that I can't even remember. Oh, the Rampy Gate. Dane Rampy. The Rampy Gate situation, right? Where Rampy tried to be King Kong and climb the goalposts, right? And that yeah. was somehow not a free kick, even though the rules explicitly stated that it should have been a free kick. And then earlier this year, the Collingwood game again in round five with the dangerous tackle, which wasn't a dangerous tackle, or the holding the ball called on McGrath last week against Brisbane, where he went down on the ground, picked up the ball at the same time as his Brisbane opponent. They were holding the ball together. 
It was like it was like they were a married couple holding the knife about to cut the cake, right? They were holding it together till death do them part. They were holding yeah. it together, and yet the umpire, for some unknown reason, paid a free kick against McGrath. And if it was one or two bad decisions, a a, a game or like one or two bad decisions every couple of weeks. Fine, I can deal with that, okay? I only umpired one or two games of Auskick games here in Dubai, and I know it's hard, and you can vouch that at two, being an umpire yourself, okay? It's a difficult game to umpire. I get it, I do. But geez, these umpires are making it look like rocket science. So that was, that was the GWS game. That was a GWS game. Uh, also, Callan Ward yeah. should be expecting an Emmy along with a, uh, sorry, an Oscar along with a uh, heavy fine for that staging as well if Tom Papley got what he did. And I just think that the yeah, AFL. Look, um, can I propose this question I'm to you, sorry, Patty? Um, can I propose this question to you, Patty? Yeah, go for it. Someone on Facebook suggested banning players who stage you fall over oh my leg oh my hand oh you broke my foot look at it oh look what you did oh my finger it's all those dislocated look at you you look at what you did to me and then they die for whatever it is and they immediately get suspended for a game do you think that that would help stamp it out these fines aren't doing anything. I don't think... I don't know. Look, personally, I think it's more about... An, it's an umpiring thing. If you're an umpire... Um, yes, it's easy to fall for that. The The issue was with the Ward-McKernan one was that um, they've bumped... Ward's probably got a little bit late, got hit on the arm. They're naturally going to, do, to spin away, and he has exaggerated it, but players are always going to do that. No matter what. I think when you start rubbing them out for weeks, I think the Ward incident's a bit different to the Papley one. Um, because Papley, at least, like, Ward's tested the ball, um, been hit and spun away. He hasn't thrown his head back or, um, or jumped forward, flailing forward. He had, it's, it's a football contest, and it's the, up to the umpire to pay the free kick or not. And the umpire out of zone paid the free kick, not the umpire in zone. So maybe it's a discussion about that, but I, I think this is always going to happen. I think it's unfortunate. I think the way that the game is officiated probably changes that. Then players, um, through, like, you know, saying, okay, if you dive, you get a week. Because that's subjective. Like, we don't know. Um, that, like, I think the way, I think what people are sort of forgetting is, is that Ward was hit pretty decently hard. He didn't get hit in the head. But that's a footballing contest and the umpires intervene. So maybe it's a discussion about, well, if you're an umpire, you don't pay over the top free kicks. Or if you're an out-of-zone umpire and you overrule, then the in-zone umpire can say, actually, no, I had the best angle with this, and you ball it up. I think doing a blanket and probably doesn't solve to at hand, which is probably just a poor umpiring decision. Like, because at the end of the day, the, you, you're not. That's that's. If the umpire doesn't blow blow the whistle, no, nothing happens. 
if the umpire doesn't blow the whistle, the game continues. Yeah. The game plays on. And, and who knows what yeah, would have happened. On. Who knows what would have yeah, happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can so, I just say this, though? Right. I, I, I yeah. want to propose something else to you. We'll <laughs> move on from Essendon, right? Because as you can hear, you can probably hear the sadness emanating from my voice at the moment. But I'll say this, right? When someone kicks a goal or kicks a point or kicks it out of bounds on the floor or whatever it is, and it's obvious that it's already sailed over the line, right? Why not just stop the clock then? Why waste two to three seconds waiting for the umpire <laughs> to get their act together? Because Walla was away. He was away. He was off to the races. He was away. And yet, he was stopped because the siren sounded. It's a load of rubbish. Maybe I'm just biased. Uh, fair point. Yeah, look, I think um, well, they stop the clock when the umpire, when the goal umpire signals, don't they? So, don't know if there's much they can do about that. They could change the rules. That would help. But anyways, I really don't think that we should be changing the rules in between rounds. And so that would be hypocritical of me to say change it. But anyways, moving on to the anchor men, uh, the team in purple, the Fremantle doctors um, missed out on a great opportunity to be called the Fremantle doctors. Um, my dad thinks that that could have been the coolest name in sports. Um, and they missed out on an opportunity there. But anyways, that's a discussion for 25 years ago. In the present, the Dockers uh, had a bye, along with West Coast, Hawthorne, and Carlton. The uh, round 10, round 9, a pretty good win against Collingwood. And I've said before that this Fremantle team reminds me of Brisbane in 2018. 20, yeah, 2018, when the Lions were bottom four, won only five games, but nearly won a handful of others. And next year, they finished second. The signs are there for Fremantle. They look really good. They look really good. Yeah, they were and better, weren't they? Um, honestly, honestly, yeah, like, yeah. If, if the game against Geelong wasn't played in the middle of India in the monsoon season they probably would have challenged Geelong. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can tell you're not convinced. Um, look, the way they played against Geelong a couple of weeks ago was a bit different. Yeah, I, I'm not. I didn't think they were very good against Geelong. I thought that the way they structured up on the ground was poor. They didn't have anyone forward. They pushed... And they were a bit short on, on midfielders, but they had to push Walters so far up the ground, pushing Tabernacle so far up the ground to sort of zone up and it just took away any scoring opportunities that they could create. But they were very good against Collingwood. And they've got a young bloke called Caleb Sarong who's turned it on in the last two weeks. Um, what, two 20-plus 20 20 possession games, I should say. Nat Fife's back in the side and they look a bit better. Luke Ryan's intercepting everything defensively. Mundy looks good. 
they um Andy Andy Brashaw's had a great year. So yeah, they they do sort of remind me a bit of that Brisbane team. The issue I only the only issue I have with them is that they've got so many players who seem a bit middle of the road. Um, you're not quite sure about their role yet, but they are they're getting a few young blokes in. They get Sam Sturt back. Lockie Schultz has played well this year. Toby Watson's played a couple of games and looked pretty solid down back. And Sarong, as I mentioned before. So, yeah, positive signs at the Dockers. Um, but I still can't really see them breaking into the, the top echelon of the ladder. These Dockers look exciting. These Dockers look really exciting. I am as excited for the Dockers as my cat is on my bed looking at my computer cord, computer charging cord. It's just looking at it, just ready to pounce on it. And Fremantle, in the next couple of years, will be ready to pounce on the top eight. Not this year, though, Fremantle fans, but it's coming. Don't worry, it's coming. Moving on, the Catters. An honourable loss to the Eagles in the West. Great game of football. Fantastic game of football. Honestly, one of the games of the year. And it's one of the games of the year because the umpires didn't help one of the teams win. That's not fair. That's not fair on the Giants. That's not fair on the Giants at all. But still, the umpires didn't get involved, put the whistle away. And guess what happened? A good football game resulted. Huh, interesting umpires. You might want to try that more often. It might take a long time for the salt from that game to wash away from me. But the Cats followed that up with a pretty strong win against North Melbourne. All things considered, it was a good win against North. Good percentage booster, danger game for Geelong, and they avoided it. You know, incredible second half. I don't know what to make of Geelong. Um, aside from one really good quarter against Brisbane, their wins haven't impressed me. They have, in the next couple of weeks, two massive, massive games. Brisbane today, and in round 11, they play, or round 12, sorry, they then play Port. We will know then how good they are. I'm not convinced just yet. Not just yet, but they're good. They're very good. Yeah, they just keep winning games, which is, again, all you can do. Um, The West Coast game, they were competitive against a very good team who looked like they're returning to some of their best form. And North are no good, really, I think. Um, Nice little five-goal win. A few players coming back from injury now. Cam Guthrie's having a great season. Men in goal looks good. Dangerfield's always solid. Hawkins is looking like he's working back into some really good form at the right end of the season. So, look, it's just just keep winning, Geelong. Um, we're going to find out a little bit about them in the next fort, uh, fortnight, next week. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to keep doing that. Um, it's hard to get used to this. But the Saints game is massive. Really, really huge. A genuine, genuine eight-point game. Um, and then the Port game. And, well, that... Whatever happens in this afternoon's Port versus Richmond game, um, it'll make it very interesting because that Geelong are a pair of games now where they can really jump up to the top two if they can just get the win. 
they're two games behind Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide lose to Richmond, all of a sudden the Cats can go first in the ladder. St Kilda are a game ahead of them. They beat the Saints all of a sudden. You know, they're in home uh, qualifying final territory once again. So, so exciting to see them back there. Big week. It's so big exciting. Week. Before we discuss those teams, though, we've got to discuss the Suns. Yeah, the uh, Suns, what can I say? They are... They are starting to taper off just a little bit. Just a little bit, the Suns. Not a great loss against the Giants in a game that they would be disappointed about. But I think it's good that this year, a 26-point loss is disappointing for the Suns. Yeah. The, same, the Suns are um, they're playing the right brand of footy. Um, and if you have the right brand, you just need to fill your side with players who can do it best. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're doing that. You know, they haven't got Raul, but Ran King looks like he's going to be a serious player. And King looks all right. Sam Collins is having a great year defensively. They'll be right. They won't make the finals this year, but they should really be looking to 2021. Yep. I agree. I agree. Tough loss in uh, in round 10 for the Suns. That's for sure. The Giants, they had a, they had a good win against the Gold Coast Suns. The game against Essendon would trouble them, right? Yeah, sure. Fantastic last quarter. Great last quarter. But what was that second term? Essendon exposed them. And they revealed the formula for how to beat the Giants. So, yeah, disappointing effort for GWS overall the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it wasn't their best game of footy in either game. But they, they win twice, which is all you can really ask for at the moment. Um, and you say second quarter, what about that? The whole first half really was an absolute... Well, it wasn't very good, was it? Um, mm. But the encouraging thing for them is that, you know, they, they actually, you know, put, put the, dug their heels in, did it tough and ended up jumping back into the game, free kick or no free kick. Uh, you know, able to run down the, the Dons who were playing some really good footy and able to stop them in their tracks. And also defeating a, a Gold Coast team full of energy, which is encouraging for the Giants. Still unsure about how far they can actually go. Yep. They seem to just be skating by the, the skin of their teeth at the moment, avoiding losing those should they, the games they should win. And they've just avoided dropping a few of them. So I worry, are they papering over the cracks rather than actually proving themselves that they can actually win their first flag? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, they, they're still unable. They had games against Port, Brisbane and Richmond. Yes, they beat the Tigers, but they didn't beat the Lions. They didn't beat Port. Um, I don't know about the Suns. That, that West Coast game in, in, um, on Saturday, August 23, that looks like an absolute belter of a game. I don't think they can win the flag, to be honest. Um, no, I don't think so either. Moving on from the Orange and Charcoal Brigade to Hawthorne. Good win. Great win to break a losing streak. Good victory by the Hawks. However, that first quarter was bad. Really, really bad. Really, really, really bad. So I'm not convinced yet that they've turned a corner. 
next couple of weeks will show whether or not they truly have. Still one of the worst six teams in the competition for me. Yeah. Yep, not much else to say about the Hawks there. Melbourne. I apologize, Melbourne supporters. I thought you were going to lose against the Crows. So well done. Good win against the Crows. But the last two games showed where the Demons are at. They are good enough to beat the teams around them and below them. Uh, if you just cut out, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to recording a podcast across two different countries on Zoom. <laughs> uh, we are, we've moved on to yeah, Melbourne not, now. Yeah, uh, I was just saying Melbourne. Right that there. Melbourne, the last two games showed where Melbourne really is good enough to beat the teams around them and below them. Uh, nowhere near good enough to compete with the top teams in the competition. So it showed where they are, which is just an average football team, maybe a little lower than average. Yeah, bang on. I thought they were recovering a little bit of their 2018 brand and that Brisbane loss. They looked a little bit harder at the footy and they did undid all that good work by getting bludgeoned by Port. And yes, they yes they beat Adelaide and yes, Clayton Orville was very good, but Adelaide the roadkill at the moment. Um, so look, Melbourne, as you say, middle of the road team, you can just sort of imagine them making the numbers about 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th. The concerning thing about them is that I just don't see them, you know, they're going to beat a team like North or a team like Adelaide or even like Gold Coast, a young team. But if they can't be against an actual like a competitive, like premiership contending team, they don't look close to it. Um, and they don't look consistently close to it. Yes, Brisbane, they were close. They were... Um, they were, you know, only lost that game by under a goal and had an opportunity to really win it, but squandered that one. But it's hard to tell me that that's what they're going to do every week because they're not. They're not good enough. They're going to, you know, end up in a position at the end of this year where they've not really taken much of a step forwards and have to evaluate, you know, what's next for the club to be competitive uh, against the best in the comp. Yep, I fully agree with that. Melbourne's stuck in a bit of no man's land. As uh, many teams in at the moment, North Melbourne being one of them, great win against Adelaide. Fantastic win. You know, if they lost that game, all hell would have broken loose for them, especially after the signing Reese Shaw and the controversial axing oh, yeah. of Brad Scott last year, that ugly, ugly, ugly split. And then they followed up against Geelong like that. Look, right, again, North Melbourne are a team that will beat or at least compete with the teams around them, and they'll lose comfortably to the best teams in the competition. Same as Melbourne, but with a slightly lower fan base and less premierships. Anything to add yeah. on North, mate? Yeah, North... Uh... Again, they just seem a bit like a nowhere team. Yeah, it's great to see Magic Door come back. That's a fantastic story. I really liked. Um, yeah. uh, it was Dermot Burton's sort of monologue on on his own experience with mental health issues close to him and how much 
Majak Dool coming back in, you know, meant to him and probably people like him around the country. So that's fantastic to see. Absolutely agreed. And if anyone listening hasn't watched it, look it up. It's I I yeah, think that worth. you have to watch it. It's incredible, incredibly powerful, and good on good on uh, Derm for being so open. Yeah, it was fantastic to see that. So, but but as as for North themselves, um, really not a lot to write home about. Similar to Melbourne, just a team that seems to be making up the numbers again. Um, but there are some good young players in that squad that aren't injured. They have had a really tough year with injury, probably the worst affected team in the competition. If we're talking about injuries, you know, and Ben Brown, you know, looks to add his name to that list. But it's good to see them giving games to guys like Hosey, Mackay, uh, Josh Marnie's played really well. Bailey Scott's come in kicking goals, Will Walker. Jai Simpkin in the midfield has really gone from strength to strength. So, look, yeah, North, I don't know. They're, again, like just like the Ds, they're just, you can't really see them doing much more than they are right now in future unless something radically changes at their football club. Yep. I can't agree with you anymore. Then that, Port Adelaide. They had a danger. They were in a situation against the Saints. Bad loss at home. Rebounded. Strong victory against Melbourne. It was a great victory against the Demons by... 50 points, 51 points, and then they backed it up in another danger game, beating an inaccurate Bulldogs team. Overall, pretty good week, pretty good two-week period from Port. Can't say much else than that. They were awesome. Yeah. Massive game today. Massive, massive, massive Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Speaking of their opponent today, Richmond. Are they back? I think they're back. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Tiggs. Um, <laughs> they are back. They are back. And they are back. Beforehand, I wasn't convinced because I was saying, oh, who have they really played? Well, now they've played the Dogs and they played Brisbane and they won both of those games comfortably. So that excuse doesn't fly anymore with the Tigers this year. They look great, Richmond. They look really do. Could they win a premiership? Uh, maybe. But we'll see. But yeah, no, it was good. Really good couple of weeks from Richmond. Yeah, I'll let they... you talk about the Tigers later. We've got to rush through the remaining teams. <laughs> we do, we do, yeah. St. Kilda. Great couple of weeks. Jeez, these Saints look good. And if they've risen up the ladder while teams around them have fallen. The Dogs have fallen away. Brisbane has stumbled a little bit. Port look a little bit shaky. What about Geelong? Where the Eagles, where the Tigers at? The Saints have been the only team, with the exception of the second half against North Melbourne second half against Fremantle in the game against Collingwood. They've been the best team in this competition this year. They look great. Yeah. Yep. I think Port have really turned the corner. I wasn't so sure about them at the start of the year. I am pretty sure about them now. And um, I think if they beat the Tigers today, they're flag favourites, clearly. Um they might, if they're not already. And they like their young folks are fantastic. Zach Butters has been one which has really impressed me. Um, Charlie Dixon, you know, every week he looks like he's about to flatten someone or kick six. Um, 
Their defence looks so good. Darcy Byrne Jones, I think, is a smoky for all Australian. Yep. Smoky for their best and fairest as well. Tom Jonas, uh, Boke's been good. Robbie Gray's Robbie Gray. Yeah, like really happy with Port, and they'll they'll be stoked with how they're going this year. Yep, I agree with that absolutely one hundred percent. Moving on, the Saint Kilda Saints. They um, talked about Saints. When we're talking about Sydney, right? Hmm. What about the Swans? Yeah. What about the Swans? They're interesting. I like them. Yeah, yeah, me too. I like them too. How about that? Um, a honourable loss against Collingwood. Fast start. Not mature enough. Not old enough to play four quarters yet. And that's fine. That'll come. That'll come. And the Saints. That was a good game until the last quarter, and the Saints went berserk. So overall, yeah, sure, the margin against the Saints was disappointing. But overall, not a bad two weeks from the Swans. They're another team who I could see rising up the ladder next year. Yeah. Less injuries, more experience to the younger players. They look really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting around the Swans. They, they look like they've figured out what they're going to do with the year. Luke Parker's leading this very young midfield brigade. Um, it was so cool to see, you know, Dylan Stevens and Sam Wicks kick their first goals in AFL against the Pies. It was great to see them get so close. Um, unfortunately for them, couldn't quite tie the knot in that game. But yeah, look, I, 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 I'm a big fan of the Young Swans. I hope that they, um, that they can continue on their path because they look exciting. Um, and when they get Isaac Heaney and Josh Kennedy back into that team, it'll have it'll have a nice dynamic to it, I think. So, yeah, they're good for footy at the moment, the Swans. Playing some good yeah. yeah, they are. The Eagles, they're back. They're back. Oh, yeah. They're back. The big kings of the big game. They're back. There's a big, big sound from the far western town. They look fantastic. West Coast, and I reckon there's no team in the competition that looked better than them. They were on the ropes against the Cats, but then they came back and do what champion teams do best, which is win in adversary. That was round nine, and then round ten, obviously, they had to buy, but they look awesome, West Coast. They look incredible, and they look totally different to the team that was like one and four to start the year. Yeah, well done, Eagles. Yeah. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. They are great. It'll be great to see Nick Nat win a premiership medal. Oh, it'll be so good. The Bulldogs. Now. Uh, Very disappointing. Round nine. Yeah. Against the against the Tigers. They were awful. Against Port, they were better, but still pretty bad. So all in all, pretty bad two weeks. They headed into it off the back of a thrilling victory against the Suns and a crushing victory against Essendon. And they were looking like premiership contenders. And now they're back in the pack with a very average percentage. That's all I have yep, to say uh, about them, really. Yeah, the dogs look, yeah. They they keep hinting like they're going to really break break the year open. Like Mitch Wallace was looking really good for a couple of weeks, but they just can't 
I just need them to string two or three games together just to win a few games, just to get their head heads back into the mode of, okay, we're, we're this good as a footy team. They only lost by 13 points to Port, but there was a clear gap between the two sides. And again, the same was evident in the Richmond game. Yeah. So it's not going to get easier for them either because they've got the Lions tonight. Um, and then after that, um, they're coming up against the Crows, which should be nice and easy for them. But to lose three on the trot, which they probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Let's discuss. Right. So that's the first half. We've discussed each team thus far in the footy feast. 33 games in 20 days. And now let's preview what each team has coming up. Adelaide Crows round 11. They play Collingwood at uh, the Adelaide Oval. And round 12, they play the Bulldogs at Metricon Stadium. Two losses in a row for the Crows. Yeah. Making it 12 for the year. I mean, surely. Yeah. Surely they're not going to win either of those two games. But if you are going to win one of those two games, Adelaide, please make it be against Collingwood. That would be great. <laughs> exactly, yes. Who's your prediction for those two games? So Adelaide will lose again twice. Um, yep. Not really much to really comment on with the Crows. They're just going through a bit of a really tough spot. Yep. It's just about being competitive. They they should have really got over the line, I think, against the Dons. They were they showed some signs against the Saints, but ever since they've just fallen on their own score once more. So just be competitive. I think is is their goal. Yep, I fully agree with that. Moving on, Brisbane should be one of the games of the round. I'm so looking forward to this game later on today. They play the Bulldogs today at the Gabba, and then they play North Melbourne at Metricon Stadium. I think they win both games. They win the Dogs against the Dogs in a close one, and they'll crush North Melbourne. Yep, I would agree with you on that one. I think um, the Dogs just aren't quite up to it at the level the Lions are, and then they can really tune up for a big Saints game in a few weeks against North. Oh, I'm excited for that one. Carlton. They play West Coast at Optus Stadium this round. And then Fremantle at Optus Stadium the round after that. Um, they're good, Carlton. They're not good enough to beat West Coast at home. They're, the Eagles will win by three goals, yep. but they are good enough to beat the Dockers at home. They did that last year when Carlton were awful and where Fremantle were flying. So now that Carlton are good and Fremantle are okay, they should win this to Blues. But they'll lose to the Eagles. Yeah, they'll lose to the Eagles. Um, big time. The Eagles are too good. Frio game, I think, is almost 50-50. The Dockers look a bit better, but... um. It's a good. That'll be a nice game of footy, I think. Both sides young, eager to prove themselves against each other. Um, and I have a good feel. I th- I actually think Fremantle might might beat Carlton. I have I have a sneaking suspicion in a couple of weeks. Interesting. That'll be think, very interesting just, if that happens. Yeah. I just think the Blues, the last two games ever since the Port Adelaide loss, even though they did beat North, they have fallen off the horse a little bit. They look like they're running out of legs in some regard. I think the bye came at a good time. Yep. I, I agree with we'll, that. We'll find out it after the West Coast game. 
I agree that Collingwood play the Crows at the Adelaide Oval, followed by Melbourne at the Gabba. Surely they went to two of these games. Surely they win both. Yeah, two for two. Collingwood should do, right? Two for two for the Pies. Um, a few guys out, but Adelaide are the worst team in the comp, and Melbourne aren't too far away from that either, to be honest. So... That, but honestly, even thinking about that, though, Melbourne will be eyeing that Collingwood game pretty eagerly because they're not going to play Collingwood at their level best. And when Melbourne... There's Melbourne turning against the Crows. Well, it is the Crows, but they were able to turn it on. They were able to run with Brisbane. Not so much um, Port Adelaide. But they can show up. And they can show up against teams who who aren't quite at their best, which Collingwood aren't. So there's a chance for the Ds. I'm still taking the Pies, though. Yep, I agree with that one entirely. Essendon, very interesting two weeks coming up for the Bombers. They've got the Suns at Metricon Stadium this round, and then they have St Kilda at the Gabba the week after that. I could see us beating the Suns because Gold Coast are running out of steam. Um, I can't see yep. us being in the Saints. So I think we'll go one one and one. Yep, I would agree with that. I think um the way this the, the, the Dons are playing at the moment, it could almost they could almost lose to the Gold Coast and then respond by beating the Saints. Um Yeah, that's true. I think um I actually well, I don't know. I think they'll go one for one. I can't see them losing both of these games. I actually think that they there are more of a chance to beat the Saints. Um, just because I feel like the Saints are due. Um, yeah. I feel like the Go- the Gold Coast game is a really, really interesting one. That that is, that's got a lot of ramifications to it. Both sides around the tenth, eleventh spot on the ladder at the moment. Essendon obviously with that game in hand, that makes it look a little less daunting. Yep. But geez, that's a that is a, that's going to be a good game of footy to watch. Yep. I fully agree with that. Fremantle, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good game to watch. Fremantle, round 11, they play Hawthorne at Optus Stadium before playing Carlton at Optus Stadium. The round after that, they'll win both of those games. No, I'm sorry, they'll beat Hawthorne and they'll lose to Carlton. I can't read my own handwriting. I think they're too good for Hawthorne, but they're not good enough to beat the Blues, pure and simple. Don't know why I go through all this analysis stuff. All of my tits basically come down to me thinking that one team is better than the other. <laughs> yeah, um, Frio and Hawthorne. Jeez. It, it is almost... Well, the, the bookmakers actually have this as a 50-50. But I'll take the Dockers. I think they were impressive against the Pies. I think their, their youth is... Um, on show and, and playing very well and I think the Hawks papered over a lot of cracks with that game against Carlton. I don't think they, they're as good as that win suggested. Um, and then they come up against Carlton themselves, Fremantle, and I think that's... I think, I, I think they'll win that. I think they'll, um, they'll, can, they'll get a good little run going. Um, I think the Blues are looking a little bit tired at the moment and I feel like that's a game a young side, two young sides playing each other. I feel like the Dockers will be well-suited in Adopter Stadium uh, to snare another victory. That's a, that'll, that'll be a good game. Two young sides, exciting players. Um, I think that'll be a good game of footy. 
Yep, I fully agree with that one. Geelong, this is going to be an awesome two weeks for Geelong. Really get to see where they are. They play St Kilda this round at the Gabba, and then they play Port at Metricon Stadium. I think they'll lose both of these games because if you look at the if you look at the competition in tiers of the best teams in the competition, St Kilda, Port Adelaide, Brisbane, West Coast, and Richmond are up at the top tier, and just below them are your Giants, Collingwood, Geelong group. And so Geelong's not quite at the top yet, which is why they'll lose the next two games in heartbreaking fashion. Ooh. Massive call. Um, Kapow. Can't... It could happen, couldn't it? I think they'll beat Port Adelaide. Um, Mm. I think they will. I think Port, if they beat Richmond, are going to be... I think they'll be in that position where they probably are due a loss, which I... I like the idea that, you know, oh, they win this week, so clearly they need, they beat a good team, so they'll clearly lose the next one. Um, I think, yeah, look, I think I think just the way that... Um, if it's a close... Will probably get killed about Um, wait, are you back, Patty? Oh, have I gone? Did I, did I disconnect? Did I? You turned into uh, a robot there for a second. Oh, dear. But now you're back. Welcome back. All right. Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll just, yeah. So, uh, long story short, Saints to beat the Cats, but then Cats to beat Port. Okay, interesting, interesting. Gold Coast, they have us, and then they have Richmond. They'll lose to us, and they'll beat the Tigers. How about that for a big call? <laughs> Look, they, they, they could. I think Gold Coast probably could beat Richmond. They play the fast defensive football that the Tigers um, probably don't like as much. They like playing teams which like to sort of chip themselves into a hole and then get kicked out long down the line and Richmond can hurt them on the rebound, but Gold Coast are just as quick. Maybe they're not quite as effective, but they are unpredictable, which is what occasionally thrives against Richmond. So that'll be, I think that'll be one of the better games um, of the year because it's, it's two very offensively minded teams going up against each other. But I think Gold Coast go, um, oof. I think they go one and one. I think they go one and one. Sounds good. I agree with that one. GWS, they have the bye this week. And then in a sign of how weird 2020 is, they have the Sydney Derby battle of the bridge against the Swans in Perth. Mm-hmm. In round twelve, which they'll win, they'll win that one. Surely the Giants. Yeah, 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 big time. Because if we just lost yeah, to a yeah, team definitely. that's going to lose to Sydney, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Well, yeah, Gi- Giants. 
They'll beat the Swans and then they'll get spanked by the Eagles, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Hawthorne, speaking of Eagles, Hawthorne play the Dockers at Optus Stadium in round 11 and then play West Coast at Optus Stadium in round 12. They'll lose to Fremantle in a close one and they'll lose to West Coast by 68 points. It'll be a hammering. Quite specific. A Hawthorne hammering. I thought that 69 points was a bit too harsh. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, uh, I still don't rate Hawthorne. I think their their run is over as far as competitiveness against the top uh, four teams and the best teams in the comp is going. I don't. I just don't think they're good enough. Um, their midfield's pretty solid, but it's just everywhere else. I just don't really see them running with a team like uh, like the Eagles. So. Yeah, I think I think it's almost. Oh, I think it's almost zero for two. It's one. I'm one and one, zero and two, halfway in between that. Tipping this one. Yep, that's fair. Moving on to Melbourne, they play North Melbourne at the Adelaide Oval. This game was originally supposed to be in Tasmania, but then you know, coronavirus changed those plans, and they've changed many plans around the world. Adelaide Oval will host that game in round 11 and then they play Collingwood up at the Gabba. They'll beat the Kangaroos. Hey, Melbourne fans, I'm tipping you guys once for once. Yeah. Treasure that because it's not going to last long. You're going to lose to Collingwood the following round. But hey, at least you'll beat North. Got to count for something, right? Yeah, look, Melbourne... Again, middle of the road team. I think they beat North, and then the Collingwood game, as I said earlier, I think they'll be eyeing off with a bit of relish. But um, yeah, I'll say one for one. Well, one and one. Sorry. I agree with that. North Melbourne play Melbourne. Funnily enough, at the Adelaide Oval in round eleven, and then play a Brizzy at Metricon Stadium. They'll lose both of those games north and resume their position at the bottom of the ladder. Not the very bottom, but, you know, bottom. Yeah, okay. Yeah, north are, north are no good. Um, well, not mm. so much no good. North are just at the wrong point of, awful. of their development to be competitive. Yeah, They're they've really got bad. too much. Too many, in, yeah, too many injured good players, and the young guys aren't quite ready to take up the mantle. So I think they lose both these games. Yep, I agree with that. Port Adelaide, they play Richmond tonight at the Adelaide Oval, and then they play Geelong at Metricon Stadium. They barely squeaked past Carlton, and they'll squeak past both Richmond and Geelong. They'll go undefeated the next two weeks. Port Adelaide Ooh. by under a goal in both games. Mm, I don't know. I think um, oh, today's very close. Today's 50-50, I think. Um, I think Richmond have been better, were better last week than Port were last week. But I don't know. I'm going to say I, I reckon if they get over the line this week, they lose next week. 
if they lose this week, they win next week. I feel like um, I felt I just have the feeling today's game is going to be quite intense. Um, and I think turning around against Geelong is if um, in a close, hard-fought win, it's yeah. going to be really difficult. And I think Geelong will be really up for that game. But I, I think if they if they lose Richmond to Richmond today, I think it might light the fire in the belly. Um, similar to how when Richmond lost to Geelong in 2017, um, it, they didn't go. They didn't lose for the rest of the year. It really focused them. 2017. No, this was um this was 2017. This is down at Kidderby Park. Oh, you mean yeah, around 21? Yeah, that's true. That also happened in yeah. 2019 though. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, I think we lost we lost to Adelaide as well before we we turned it around that year. Oh yeah, that's true. You did lose to the Crows. Man, what a weird year 2019 was. But anyways, no, you're right. Speaking of the Tigers, they play Port Adelaide and then Gold Coast. I think they'll lose both of those games. Sorry, Patty. Yeah, fair point. Um, Don't worry though, you're playing yeah, us afterwards. It's okay. <laughs> similar to um, similar to the situation I feel like this game is a really I think recovering from what happens today is going to be a hard task I think they've they've understood what's going to happen by resting Cochin today um, so hopefully bringing back against the Suns so look yeah both these games are going to be good both these games are going to be close and really entertaining and I, I think they'll I think they'll go one for one I can't see them losing both but I can't see them Winning both because they've had such they've what they've won what what is it five of the last six games of free and they yep. including bludgeoning I think I think they'll probably drop one at least two I'm not it'll be what yeah we'll find out won't we this afternoon yep we sure will St Kilda another team that is flying at the moment they play Geelong in round 11 at the Gabba, and then they play Essendon at the Gabba in round 12. They'll win both of those games. Close, though. They'll be close games. Yeah, they will be. Um, yeah, look, the Saints, I love them. I love watching them play. Um, I love Dan Butler still, even though he's not playing for my club anymore. He's so exciting. That was such an awesome game against the Suns because both coaches just let their players run wild and it was just oh, awesome. That was great. I think they'd beat the Cats. and I, Sorry, Casper, I think they'd beat Essendon as well. No, that's okay. I think they'll beat us as well. Don't worry about it. Sydney, they have a bye and then they travel to Perth to play the Giants. The Swans will lose that game though by 16 points. Yeah, okay. Um, Swans, yeah, as I said earlier, uh, I like them. I think they've, they've done the right thing with their youth. Um, they were good against Collingwood. They were good. They had that great win against Hawthorne. Um, but yeah, I think I think they get done by the Giants ne- uh, next week. And I don't I don't think they get too. I think it's about a four or five goal loss. I think. Yep. Yep, that's fair. That could totally happen. I think Sydney's better than that, though. But anyways, might be biased. Might be not. Probably am biased in saying that. West Coast Eagles. The Wet Toast will play the Carlton Jazz in Perth. And then we'll play the Hawthorne Dorks, also in Perth. They'll win both of those. They'll beat the Jazz narrowly, thanks to a three-pointer 
from downtown on the buzzer and they'll spank the hawks, crush them, cream them, annihilate them, whatever, 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 ever, ever word you want to use for this to describe how they will crush them. They will beat the hawks by a lot. 68 points. Again, 69 is too harsh, but 67 is way too easy on Hawthorne. Yep. Win-win. Um, West Coast look flag favourites and um, I'll just keep winning, I think. I think that the GWS game will be the one in a few weeks from now where we really find out just how scary this team's going to be come September. Well, will it be September? It'll be October, won't it? Jesus. Yep. Probably. And now the Western Bulldogs. Round 11, today, they play the Lions at the Gabba. Goodness, it's going to be exciting. And then they play round 12 at Metropon Stadium against the Crows. They'll lose to the Lions and they'll crush the Crows, surely. They beat Adelaide. Because if we got, if Essendon lost to a team by seven goals, who then goes to lose against the worst team in the competition? I just, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, they, um, they'll be, they'll be the, um, as you say, the worst team in the competition, I think, quite easily. But, um, they won't go so well, I think, this week, uh, tonight, sorry, against Brisbane. Um, I think that's the lot. The, the game, the Lions get some revenge for how poor they were against Richmond uh, earlier in the week. Now it is, isn't it, Jesus? Yep. I agree with that. And with that calling upon the Lord and Saviour, I'm going to say thank you very much, dear listener, for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. Thank you, Patty for joining me all the way in regional Victoria. Hope the situation there improves and hopefully those idiots from Melbourne who keep traveling to the countryside, stop doing that. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would well, be. They, 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 get, they get stopped at the border now these days, which is a bit crazy to think about. But um, yeah, so we're, ho- we're hoping things, things get on the improve. Um, also, apologies for my horrific internet and occasional interruptions today. I'm not recording from my usual spot, and we've had some outages up here, as well as basically within the house. So right now, this is I've got one one or two bars of internet, which is why I was a bit in and out through this podcast. So, but anyway, thank you very much for having me on, Casper. It's a pleasure as always. It is a pleasure to have you on, Patty. Thank you, dear listener. Hope to have you join next week and between now and then please wear a mask don't be an idiot wear a mask help fight this pandemic and hopefully your football team will do better than my football teams have been doing who knows anyways have a good one